off the shelf. Hello, this is Sam with Church of the Geek, hospice chaplain and co-host with uh, Brian Bennett. But today I am reviewing Across the Tracks, written by Al Vern Ball with art by Stacy Robinson. We've covered a lot of comics here on Church of the Geek, and in doing so, it's been amazing to see the breadth and depth of what comic books and graphic novels can convey and how it's conveyed. Comics, even though they've become much more accepted as literature today, still have an association with superheroes and fantasy tales. However, stories such as Mouse and Persepolis show that the medium can also convey serious stories as well. This has a way of making tough subjects much more approachable and relatable, and can also serve as a way to present difficult material to younger generations. And Across the Tracks is a great example of this at work. I'm writing this episode on June 1st, 2021, which marks the 100th anniversary of the destruction of Greenwood just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the massacre and displacement of its residents. It's a story that many people first heard of about, though, remarkably enough, through the comic book movie inspired HBO series Watchmen. In a cultural season of rising racial tension and activism, the series opened up a startling chapter of American history that had sat dormant and unread among the other chapters of our history. But while Watchmen told the untold story, or at least the not-told-enough story, of the destruction of Black Wall Street, Across the Tracks tells another untold story, the story of how Black Wall Street came to be in the first place. If Watchmen served as a missing piece to a puzzle, Across the Track serves as a missing piece to that puzzle as well. In the preface to the story, writer Al Vernball noted that while the story of Greenwood had only been brought to light to many non-white people because of Watchmen, the story had been talked about around black folks' kitchen tables and front porches for years. To him, Greenwood was almost parallel to the Wakanda of Black Panther comics, a place where black people could not only live in peace, but grow and thrive. Ball accomplishes this by setting the story of Greenwood within the greater historical context of post-Civil War America. The story is bookended by a timeline of the history of the region and a detailed essay at the end by Dr. Colette M. Yellowrobe and Reynaldo Anderson about the complicated history of blacks, whites, and Native Americans pre-Civil War. These serve as an important reminder of history and context as we read and process the story of the founders of Greenwood. The ever-growing numbers of post-revolutionary war settlers, along with the discovery of gold in Georgia, have pushed many Native Americans out of their eastern homelands westward. The forced relocation of the Creek, Cherokee, Seminole, Chickasaw and Choctaw nations from the southeastern United States to the Indian Territory of Oklahoma resulted not only in massive displacement, but the deaths of thousands along what became called the Trail of Tears. Further westward expansion, spurred by colonialism, brought not only new white settlers to that region, but African slaves as well. As time went on, the Oklahoma Territory became sought after for oil rights and land acquisition, leading to even more encroachment and land seizure. Slavery, which continued to flourish in the southern states, moved westward as well. Both white settlers and American Indians took the liberty of owning African slaves for labor, with the authors noting that at one time the Cherokee owned the majority of slaves in the territory. After the Civil War, racial solidarity among African Americans grew, while the influence of the five nations continued to suffer. 
In 1890, just a few decades prior to the founding of Greenwood, Oklahoma was seen as a haven for newly freed slaves and other African Americans, and as many as 50 towns grew up there which were founded by African Americans. The comic part picks up the story here to tell the story of how Greenwood was founded, beginning in 1905 when O.W. Gurley, a wealthy black businessman from Arkansas, bought 40 acres of land. He then opened a grocery store for African Americans in Tulsa, followed by a boarding house for black settlers, commercial buildings, a church, and homes. Gurley named this area Greenwood and continued to grow and prosper because it was physically separated by the white part of Tulsa by a set of railroad tracks. It was Booker T. Washington who gave Greenwood the name Black Wall Street. Ball goes on to share the stories of other notable figures in Greenwood and what they accomplished in a relatively short time. By 1910, Greenwood had African-American doctors, dentists, a newspaper, and an elementary school with over 200 students its first year. This, to me, is what I appreciated so much about this comic. I was somewhat familiar with the story of Greenwood, as I said before, from the Watchmen series. However, the series did nothing to set up what Greenwood was, what it had accomplished, and what it had meant to the African-Americans at the time. The comic does, of course, reveal the events that eventually led to the, the destruction of the town, as power and phone lines were cut and turpentine bombs set the town on fire and mobs attacked the residents. However, the focus here is not on the destruction, but on the inspirational story of the residents of Greenwood before and after the massacre. It's a story of overcoming tremendous adversity, both political and racial. As I said previously, comic art has a way of making stories more relatable and approachable to children as well as adults. While the story is told very much in the manner of a children's book, it captured my attention as well. Stacy Robinson's art is engaging and rich, and his depictions of the residents of Greenwood help give life and breath to the story being told. Ball also takes pains in his story to tell the story of the recovery of the town, not just its destruction. It doesn't dwell on the hate, rather it shines light on the inspirational stories of its citizens and encourages the reader to overcome the negative stereotypes that perpetuate racism and also to grow past them. Across the Tracks serves as another means to recover a lost history, one that is lost to many white Americans, but not to African Americans. The framing of this story against the plight and relocation of Native Americans adds another layer of complexity and ambiguity, though. Native Americans were displaced from their land and suffered tremendously at the hands of whites, but they also took slaves and in some cases treated them no better than the southern plantation owners. Blacks suffered from racism and discrimination, but benefited from the same westward expansion that stole land from its original inhabitants. On one hand, then, Across the Tracks tells the story of the building of a dynamic community during a time of oppression, as well as the rebuilding of that community when it was attacked and destroyed by white nationalists. But it also tells a deeper story of the hidden and ongoing costs of colonialism and manifest destiny in the United States. For as much as we wish to believe that we have moved on from the Jim Crow era, there are constant reminders of it for those who care to look. Today, President Biden visited Tulsa to mark the occasion and promote ways to address the racial disparities still inherent in our society. Meanwhile, a New York gallery exhibit on the Tulsa race massacre was vandalized with white paint. We still have a long way to go. 
But thankfully, Across the Tracks gives me some hope that we can continue to address our past while working towards a brighter, more common future. Thanks again for listening. We greatly appreciate your support. And you can show your support through leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, sharing us on social media, and generally just by being cool people. So be kind, be good, be faithful, and be true. And as always, Geek be with you.